Today we have our occupational therapy team, Nadia, Julia and Callum, to reflect on the four main themes of Allied Health Professionals Day. Inspire, connect, celebrate and appreciate. The OT team discuss what inspired them to work as an AHP, how they stay connected with others and the importance of this. Then they reflect on the most rewarding parts and the challenges of being an AHP, especially in the third sector. Hi everyone, it's Shag here and I'm with the OT team over a Zoom call. Um, today with me I've got Callum, Nadia and Julia and in celebration of Allied Health Professionals Day um, we're just going to have quite a chat about um, what their experience is being Allied Health Professionals and other things such as like what inspired them and um, their experience of being Allied Health Professionals. Thank you everyone for being here with us today. Hi, Shai. Thanks for asking us to be part of the podcast. No bother. Um, I'll just start with um, the first question. So, very general. Um, what inspired you to be an allied health professional? I always wanted to just work with people. Um, I think that was like a big part of what I wanted um, to do what I do. And I'd looked at a couple different um, AHP careers before getting on OT. Because I kind of knew I wanted to work within healthcare, I wanted to work with people, but I think I enjoyed the idea of rehab style profession, and I thought I'd be better suited to that. So that's how I've ended up as an occupational therapist and an allied health professional. Yeah, that, that's super similar to me, Nadia. I, I feel like I've always had an interest in um, healthcare and like the allied health professions. That's kind of where I started to explore um when I was first looking at careers as well um yeah it's just about like helping people working with people and um the ways that are meaningful to them um yeah yeah I think I was the same as well although interestingly I didn't initially go into an um AHP course um I was doing a business course um for two years previously and then it wasn't until I had work experience um with different children and um, older adults um, with different health conditions and things like that, that it made me think that I wanted to go down that path. And that was really tricky because I didn't know even what was out there. I hadn't even heard the term HP before. I didn't even know. I think I knew what a physio was because it's so popular, um, popularly known if that's even a word, but I didn't know what speech and language was or, occupational therapy or any of the other HPs I didn't even know I kind of knew in my head I didn't want to do nursing but that wasn't because of any any anything really I just thought I couldn't imagine myself working as a nurse or up in the medical and surgical wards or things like that but then I ended up having placements in it and actually quite 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 liked it as a as a um OT um but yeah I think it's just back to that common thread like what you guys say it's about helping people and I feel like when I read about what occupational therapy was it was really aligned with more um, of what maybe my values were as a person and what I felt like I wanted to kind of do when I watched with people to make them feel better for example it wasn't necessarily the root of physio and being really kind of you know knowing all the muscles and knowing all that type of stuff I don't know because I think was it Nadia? Did you 
actually apply for physio before or did you think about applying for physio I had yeah yeah I first graduated um, high school and then I ended up like just just after I graduated and so I took it and then we applied for the next year for OT (laughs) what was it that made you think um that OT was uh, in many words better than physio it was more suited for me I think (laughs) yeah best way to describe it because I do I really like physio and um like all my reasons for wanting to be a physio hadn't ever really changed it's just more that I discovered occupational therapy and I just realized that I thought it would be a much better fit for me I liked um the differences within OT so it's like I did want to have that kind of background about learning about like the body and how it functions and how we can help people through like the movements and that kind of stuff as well and I wanted to work with people but then when I discovered OT and I discovered kind of the range and that there's a little bit of creativity that goes into it because mm-hmm. within like so many different settings and with so many different age ranges and conditions um, and we focus on all the different activities and that kind of stuff so like really a person's whole life, all their activities, um, like breaking everything down. And I just really liked that aspect. And that's why I went for OT instead of physio. Mm-hmm. I have full appreciation of physio still. And obviously we work really close with them in a lot of settings still. Um, as well yeah. As HPs, but yeah. I think there's something kind of really similar about HPs because it's almost like the similar goal of an HP is to like improve the quality of life for a person, isn't it? Um, but then it's about how maybe in each profession we actually, um, how we actually do that, you know. And I definitely remember reading about uh, occupational therapy when I was thinking about changing my uni courses. And I just remember kind of thinking, this is everything that I want to do. At least like when I was reading about it said, oh, an, an occupational therapist can work in this area or this area. Like you said, it's really quite um diverse in terms of like the workplaces you can be in and um the creativity in your role and everything like that I just remember reading it thinking okay I think because I'd never seen myself as like a healthcare professional when I was like a business student and I'd never had experience in that I never imagined that's probably why I was thinking I never imagined myself going into like nursing because I couldn't couldn't imagine myself in that type of role but then it felt as if occupational therapy was was a healthcare profession but it was like a really creative diverse profession that maybe just wasn't all medical model that made me really interested in in going for it um yeah i think that that's a really good point callum i agree i i think what a lot of ot's say is like the creativity and diversity of the profession that really like draws you to it um like that's definitely it for me as well and i think I did have the same kind of like physical health, like, um, well, I did like a kinesiology degree for an undergrad. Um, so there was like a lot of focus on like muscles and bones and body movements and physical activity, like very kind of like a lot of my classmates went on to do physiotherapy that I think like we just all kind of view health in like different ways. And like, it's because we all have kind of different perspectives on what like being healthy maybe means that like we're all able to work together and like help people get to to the whatever health means to them yeah I definitely think that's 
good point about like AHPs is like we're all so different but like we have the same goal like we all want the person we're working with to succeed and we just have different ways of doing that and we're useful in different situations and scenarios but we're all equally important um, and that's why it's important for us to all work together as a team as well um, and that's why I really appreciate peace and being one yeah I think we're all really like collaborative professionals as well like I think um, a lot of people that I know in allied health professions are like really interested in multidisciplinary um team working and like uh that kind of team approach collaborative approach to care and i really appreciated even within my course that or at my university i guess i'd say is that we had every single year so i did a four-year and every single year we had one module that was about interprofessional um so we really learned about each other and our professions and how to get along and how to work together as a team like from the start and big like theme and to have that each year in that course alongside all my OT specific modules but to always have that there is that we're a team we work together and that just like underlying great and I I think it really prepares us to all go out and work together and and do the best jobs we can as much as we're different that we need to work together so yeah um, just based on your guys' experiences, obviously you've done um, various placements and stuff like that as well um, within like, the NHS and stuff like that. And the, would you say that your um, perspective at all has been changed on like AHPs um, now that you've had some experience working as a team in the third sector now? If there's any differences at all or if there's anything that's kind of brought stuff out in you that you didn't realise? Yeah, but I think one of the things that I would say is maybe my perspectives of maybe um, being an HP and actually working with other HPs um, hasn't kind of necessarily changed because I guess the in, in many traditional settings and in many, even in the settings that we work um, in, we still try and collaborate and partner with as many other HPs and just different multidisciplinary team members like social services and everybody else as well um, in general. So I think we obviously don't have the same immediate team around us like we would if we were in a, in a ward setting or even in a kind of outpatient NHS setting and things where you have, you know, other um, professionals and HPs directly in the same offices with you or something like that. Obviously, that's not necessarily the same um working in the third sector but I think we definitely because of what Nadia was saying we've already had our placements um where we have collaborated very closely with different um MDT professionals that includes different AHPs um I think we have an understanding of the value of them and their contributions and it sets us up at least for me I do feel set up in kind of Bansal T here as a service that we know the value of and we can really want to and we're actively trying to expand our partnerships with different professionals and AHPs in the area to collaborate um, and make our kind of services meaningful as in, and as impactful um, as possible for um, for our different people who use the service so um, although that's not kind of fully answering your question I think maybe my opinion hasn't necessarily changed but I think we've um, been able to if anything, I feel like I've been able to 
um, adapt how I maybe portray and communicate myself as an HP in this third sector to others, which um, has been an interesting kind of journey doing that. I think, um, like, my opinion or thought about it hasn't really changed that much either, but, like, on the back Callum said there about the way we kind of maybe portray ourselves is maybe a little bit different um, and I think that's one point about being an AHP is not everyone knows about not everyone knows who we all are what our role is um, but being like more of an OT specific service we don't have that same challenge where people usually know who we are when they come um, so we don't have to do this and there's sometimes um, a barrier to engagement when you know people aren't necessarily sure of who you are or what you're doing or what your importance is for you know their health or well-being um, and especially sometimes you know when we are in hospitals and you know you have to have a certain amount of rehab to be able to get discharged safely there's you know not everyone wants to get out of bed every day and practice transfers or, or do their workouts or whatever needs to get done practice the steps um, so we don't have that challenge where we are they're willing to come to our service they come back we speak ready to engage with us and participate um so that's kind of a real blessing within this setting as an age yeah that's true isn't it yeah it's probably um a nice thing for other hps in settings that are specific to their profession as much as, yeah, it's a bit um, different not having your whole team around you all the time, um, it's got different benefits to it as well. Yeah, I hadn't, hadn't thought about, about it in that way before, but no, that's, that's a really good point. And I think that kind of is less about this maybe podcast in this conversation because i know we were going to maybe do one for like ot day and ot week and things like that too but i think no what you just said there was really true about people if anything probably in this type of service and you know we are an ot specific service in the third sector which again is different to even generally maybe ot's in the third sector maybe don't have the role occupational therapist um um in their job title or something like that so um maybe then that's a little harder for them to kind of portray themselves across as an hp or something like that but um i think that's really true about we actually have um you know the advantage of people knowing the value and benefits of what we do as occupational therapists and that often can get can, can be really blood if you're working in a multidisciplinary team with lots of different hps it's sometimes I remember on my placements thinking it was really hard to even understand the role of what I was doing as an OT sometimes compared to other AHPs, which obviously is what the placement's for because you sit, you know, you take time to learn that. Um, but yeah, sometimes I did find that really tricky, which, you know, you're right, Nadia, we don't have that in, in our service just now. Yeah, and I'm sure there's other services um, like physio-specific services, um, speech and language-specific um, specific orthoptists or podiatrist services as well. That would feel the same. <laughs> then they yeah. go and saying, oh, I'm an orthoptist. This is what I do. Or I'm a speech and language therapist. This is what I do. Um, and, you know, having a patient sit there who's seen three different healthcare professionals and not know the difference anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah, not just thinking that we're the ones coming and doing 
or other colleagues not understanding you know exactly your role so maybe as OTs you're the one left to organize the package care or something like that or you're left in a because I think there's different settings not to maybe move on from from this question as, as too much as such but I think there's almost different um angles there where in different work settings sometimes OTs often kind of described very much like physio and stuff isn't it sometimes so I think in some places you could argue there's almost like unless it's really clear to some people or unless people have that clear understanding um, about their own roles or about others roles then it might feel that lines can be really blurred between different HPs because people just think oh but isn't your job to to improve their quality of life like well yeah it is but again it's like what we said earlier it's like how we do it isn't it so I think there are some places where kind of um, people don't know the role of or value of like different specific AHP professionals um, but that's yeah all I'll say about that yeah no problem I can move on to just the next question if that's alright then with you guys yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I'll just um, what would you guys say is the most rewarding parts about being AHPs being the people we work with succeed I think that's always going to be the biggest one and mm -hmm. um, especially you know when we are a team of AHPs and we've all worked together to get a patient discharged or help them achieve a goal that's always just the best thing I think <laughs> yeah yeah I think like yeah just when you hear people or hear the people that you work with talk about how valuable the service has been and not in just like a, Oh, it's nice to receive praise. Like it's not just like, um, it's not so much just getting like positive feedback, but it's getting feedback that is almost like what you are trying to communicate to them, like reflected back. Um, and just like, I don't know if it's hard to think of a specific example, but I think sometimes when you hear from families or um, any service users in different settings that kind of um, talk about, you know, what a difference like engaging in a certain occupation has made in their life. And you're just like, oh, yes, you, you get like that is like such an OT mindset. And it's like so nice, I think, to like hear unprompted, like that people really, um, yeah, value it and like understand the rewards that they've, they've achieved themselves. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that sounds really, really good. Is is there been any specific challenges that you guys face as AHPs that you would like to shed light on? I think maybe coming back. To, oh, sorry. Just coming back to what I was like mentioning earlier was yeah. that you know we always know who we are or what our role is, mm -hmm. and so just like explaining your role in every single setting, how you differ from everyone else, um. And, and what you're there to do and the importance and, and getting people to engage with AHP services um, and seeing the value in what we do um, is sometimes a bit of a hurdle and especially um, being more rehab focused, I think um, sometimes it's tough. It's a tough one for people to engage in. Like it's, it's what we do with people yeah. sometimes. Um, so, so engagement can be a challenge and people understanding our importance and our role um, and, and our and you know their health and leading the best lives they possibly can um, we're really just here to help 
Mm -hmm. um, and that's just all we want people to know, I think. And so just getting that point across. Yeah, I, I would say the same in terms of it's probably already been mentioned and I, I've already mentioned it anyway. But just, yeah, I think digging into what Nadia was saying there even a little deeper, it's almost like the challenges is the differentiation even between us as AHPs, let alone the differentiation or the challenge between like, um, say, nursing and an AHP, for example. Like I'm thinking of the different placements I had where I was up on the mid wards or just in a kind of, in an outpatient setting and really almost you know to to the naked eye there's really no difference between whether a physio conducts that or an ot conducts that and stuff like that as well so it's almost no wonder to other people um they'll be like what what do you do you know and often ot's if you're not seen as like <laughs> because in a rehab setting especially you're 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 doing quite a lot of maybe not what the physio does you know but you're doing quite a lot of rehabilitation and we're analyzing things in different ways and we're looking at it. So people automatically um, just because sometimes your uniform might just show that you look like one of the nurses as well or something like that. So I think there's challenges with the differentiation between um, yeah, us as professionals um, from non-AHPs or just even from different AHP roles and everything as well. But yeah, I've kind of already mentioned that, but I think that's probably one of the reflections just that I think um, maybe it's a challenge. One thing that might be a bit more like specific to our service too, where we like use so much like purposeful play and like activity and, and a lot of fun stuff on the other hand, like that people can maybe even trivialize that sort of work in that undermining like the value of play and like how yeah. much like kind of like the creative work of OT and the, like diversionary activities and mental health or like things like that a lot of times that can be really um like brushed off as like fluffy stuff um or you know because it's very it does um step away from the medical model in some in some ways so I think I guess sometimes your work could be a bit trivialized that's also probably true just when you're thinking about it it's almost see because yeah when we're talking about our service more specifically i think we almost verge upon the challenge being not necessarily your typical well i mean i think there is an argument to be said because there's guidelines for rebound therapy for physiotherapy like the intervention of rebound therapy the therapies use of the trampoline physios are very clearly doing physio on a trampoline so often either people think we're physios or people think we're in um, with maybe a teaching background because a lot of it traditionally, as you're saying, is quite non-medical model because, well, there's elements of that. we, You know, if we're being targeted with somebody, we want to consider X, Y, and Z with them. But especially when we're looking even at a public health level about the value and importance of meaningful movement and playing and things like that, there's quite a lot of that is coming from maybe education or psychology as well. So... I think that gets lost. Like our role is even an AHP. This is where I'm thinking it's wider than just different AHP roles. I think, you know, probably traditionally the MDT we work with are like education and social services and almost these non-AHP roles. So it's about communicating the value of, you know, us as AHPs and occupational therapists to these um, non-medical model kind of partners and um other professionals as well because you know it's exactly what you're saying i think the biggest maybe challenge is how we 
I don't know if this is going to sound right, but how we bring the angle of, um, you know, we're looking at play, we're looking at the importance of like physical and mental health from an HP perspective, but we're doing it in kind of boundaries and areas that are maybe non HP thinking, if that makes sense. Like not, not to brush everyone with the same brush, but maybe if we go into, um, you know, review meetings with different head teachers and education, I think they initially see us as maybe what the specific medical model role of OT is. And because we maybe don't do, sensory diets for people like maybe that's your only experience of ot or an hp connection through somebody's tack or a team around the child because we don't do that because we look at other health stuff like the value and importance of play that's maybe non-medical model that's quite challenging sometimes um because then that comes back to the complexity of the profession and um you know the role of ot being really diverse and things like that that's a whole nother conversation but yeah if you're thinking about our kind of service specifically i think that is what i would re uh, reflect on as a challenge possibly did you fit when you were trying to get bounced started at calm and you were trying to go for funding did you face much pushback on that or did you find people actually kind of bought into what the service was and stuff like that and what you were trying to do as an ehp yeah <laughs> well that's uh, going to be another podcast anyway but um yes it depends i guess who you're asking really mm -hmm. there's been a lot of i mean to be honest like there's not been any any pushback really the only pushback is maybe from ahps or ot's themselves because um you know it's it's a different type of ot or it's a different approach to walking more so because we're not nhs we're set up as a different company and that is a whole other conversation to be had um about walking in the third sector and the you know the diverse roles that we we can have um but no i think people do appreciate and understand um what we do it it really just comes down to how we communicate it but that is also the same across you know any other examples like what Nadia's already given when you're up in the ward you have to put across what you're doing as an OT or if you're you know um one of the placements I was on in my I think it was my final year in my fourth year I was up at um up in the medical and surgical wards and then I was able to confidently say about somebody is going to be discharged because I knew that they were ready to go home and then one of the nurses said that then they want and you had to then kind of give your reasoning as to why you were doing that as well so whether you're kind of third sector or public health sector or whatever it's the the challenge is the communication of what you do or what your clinical reasoning is, is, is as well so um i think that's a common challenge no matter where you walk but to kind of relate it back to your question about like setting up the business and stuff it totally depends who you're asking because there's some other people that just love it like funders and other other charities that um are just maybe social care you know they want to look at work with people who are healthcare, so they have a different angle to their service as well that it's not just social care so there's, there's yeah it's, it's it's been a mixed experience actually yeah and just with kind of what we've seen with like different ahps and stuff like that and how they kind of stay connected and there's a big ot community on twitter um do you feel it is important to kind of stay connected with your fellow AHPs as like working in as a social enterprise and stuff like that, as like a networking type thing? I'd 
say it's probably pretty much just always important to stay connected mm. with other HPs. Yes. A lot of what will affect other HPs um, and their professions will also affect us as OTs. Um, I also think because a lot of we can learn from each other. It's the same with like, yeah, we stay connected. connected. Yeah. I have an OT Twitter account and I follow, you know, physios, SLTs, podiatrists, everyone else yeah. as well. Um, stuff. So you can learn a lot from them as well. And there's definitely um, shared knowledge among them, especially within like research and stuff. There's a lot of the research of each other when I was writing my dissertation, half the research I found, not necessarily OT specific, um, but there was still loads I could learn from it, if, whether like it was another HP who like was based in the research, it's still quite helpful to know for the different areas because there is so so much of an overlap of the area within, um, and you know, the client bases or the service users or whoever really. Um, so no, I definitely think it's well important to stay connected um, and have that communication with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think definitely from a personal and a personal level kind, well, I don't know what I'm trying to say, I was thinking of a professional level, but even as a professional, you know, for, for your own sake, yes, it is really important to, to be connected and stay connected for exactly those same reasons that uh, we just mentioned there, you know, about your own development and how that links into service development and things like that as well, or just, um, you know, developments you can bring into your own workplace based on research that you know about or whatever. But I think just as a profession, if we don't stay connected with others, you know, to to learn, but also to communicate what we do and how we do it, then, um, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't be as effective in our in our roles. Um, so I think, no, it's definitely important. And I think what you mentioned there about Twitter is is a great thing because Twitter's a, you know, plat platform it's a it's a huge platform for um occupational therapists to connect and collaborate um you know just informally but also there are kind of other events like ot talk on a tuesday and things like that as well so um that's one of the major places to stay connected as well but there's so many other groups like there's um the specialist sections in the royal college of um ot as well which um you know i'm part of about two or two or three um and i think that's great to connect with other ot's um who walk across every sector and every setting so um you get to see what's going on in their own workplaces and then they'll influence um you know they might work specifically with ahps in their workplace and maybe we don't in our service that's already been mentioned um on a day-to-day -day basis so um we can stay connected to them to learn about other uh learning and research and practice in the in the field as well um through them so yeah i think it's really important yeah that's brilliant um i think that's pretty much everything that i wanted to ask you guys um i just want to say thank you again for coming on the podcast and giving us your time we can talk about ahps and your experience being ahps Thanks for, for hosting us, Shai. Yeah, thank you. It's been good. It's been a good chat. Right, no worries. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, no worries. Uh, thank you very much.